0: in. Uh, Once again, welcome. Uh, If you're a guest here, I do want to say my name is Jordan Raven. I am the associate minister here at LifePoint Stewart's Creek, and uh, I do a lot of things around LifePoint, but my favorite thing that I do is serving the people here of this church. Um, So... um, New Year's is a great time of year. New Year's is a great time of year to do certain things. New Year's is a great time of the year for us to come to terms with reality. Some of us, we have been feasting nonstop since Thanksgiving. And the time has come to face the scale. Some of us broke the bank buying Christmas gifts. And now it's time to face the credit card bill. Maybe you had a similar conversation with your spouse this week where my wife said, yeah, I I, I put some money toward our credit card bill. And I said, what credit card bill? (laughs) (laughs) New Year's is also a great time of the year for us to come to terms with where we stand with Jesus Christ to really analyze our relationship with him. And to think about what we can do to set ourselves on a trajectory for greater growth, deeper intimacy with him, deeper commitment, deeper love for him in the coming year. And that can't happen. Which, by the way, I hope that we all feel that way. No no one is mature enough in their faith that they ever graduate beyond asking those questions. I hope we're all asking those questions. And as we ask those questions to ourselves, we have to realize that that can't happen. The pursuit of deeper growth and intimacy with the Lord cannot happen without the word of God. So ask yourself this question, wherever you are, don't say it out loud, but in your mind, think, am I happy with where I stand with God's word? Am I happy with my relationship with God's word in the past year? And if the answer is yes, great, keep it up. If the answer is no, no, I'm glad that you're honest with yourself. There's no judgment from you. God doesn't love you more because you read your Bible more. He doesn't love you less because you struggle with your Bible reading. God wants to invite you into deeper growth. And so if you feel, man, I, I've not, I wasn't super committed last year. Hey, that's okay. What matters is what you're going to do. So think about that question for a moment. Am I happy with where I stand with God's word and my relationship with it? You know, maybe you remember back to when you were first saved. I know it's very common for, for um, new Christians, especially if they're like teenagers or adults, they get all into the word. It's like they can't get enough of it. I remember a few, uh, last year, we had a, a young man in our church. He's since moved away. 18 years old, had just gotten saved. And I mean, this dude, you, you never saw him without his Bible. You'd go to dinner with him and he'd have his Bible there, ripped up, tore up, just from here, you know, well, well used and well worn. He'd ask all sorts of questions. He was just so. And I remember looking at him and thinking, man, I remember that. Like, I remember feeling that way. I remember, you know, I, I've known people who've been this way. Man, may, 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 maybe you remember, like, maybe you first got saved or you first really started taking your faith seriously. And you couldn't get enough Bible. But as the years go on, if we're honest with ourselves, what can begin to happen? Well, our interest in the Bible, if we're being honest, our devotion to it can sometimes begin to wane. We can, if we're being honest, we can sometimes start to get bored with it. Maybe we get very familiar with what it says. or We hear it so often. We've read through it so many times. We start to get bored with it. Our commitment begins to wane. And we begin to prioritize other things before Scripture, before our time in the Word, We begin to tell ourselves that we're too busy to read it. And then all of a sudden, weeks will go by and we won't have touched it once. You know, I saw a survey a few years ago that said that fewer than 15% of American adults claim to read their Bibles daily. Fewer than 15%. There's certainly far more people than that who claim to be Christians in our country, right? And listen, I'm sure this is true for all of us. If we're being honest with ourselves, sometimes a week or two will go by and we'll think, man, I've not spent any time. I've not opened my Bible one time. But you know, humans, like us, we are the best at making up excuses. Like I'm sure right now, maybe there's someone in this room and you're thinking, yeah, other people make up excuses. But me, if you knew my life, if you knew what I did for a living, if you knew how busy I was, you would know that I'm the exception to this. Of course, everyone thinks they're the exception, right? Everyone has plenty of reasons why I really don't have enough time to do this. I really have a lot of other things in my life that I have to worry about. But I believe that at the root of all of our excuses, and I say our because I'm right there with anybody else, I can do the exact same thing. I believe that the root of our excuses is a fundamental misunderstanding or maybe we've just forgotten how desperately we need the word of God. How much we truly need it. Listen to the words of the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. The Lord says, uh, But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus likens the word of God to bread. I'm sure that no one here has several regular excuses that they pull out to justify why they don't eat for several weeks, (laughs) right? No matter how busy you are, I guarantee that at least once, maybe twice, probably more a day, you find time to eat something. Why? Well, because we need food. We can't function without it. And eventually we would die without it. Our physical bodies would begin to wither away without food. And same thing with water. We make time for food because it nourishes us. But in the same way, we have to understand that God's word nourishes us. God's word nourishes us. Our souls, our minds, I even think our bodies need God's word every day. And our souls will begin to wither, atrophy, if we don't have a a, a regular time in the word of God. And as our desire for God's word fades, let's be honest, our appetite for sin increases. My wife knows if I haven't been in scripture for a week, she can tell by how I act. She can tell by the words that start to come out of my mouth, by my temper. We need God's word, don't we, brothers and sisters? And if we aren't drinking deeply from the well of God's word, then we will begin to drink deeply from the well of entertainment, money, relationships, video games, websites, or whatever else fill in the blank thing. But here's what I think. I don't think that I have to get up here and convince you why reading the Bible is necessarily important. I think you, I think, Most of us in here, if not all of us, are Christians. And I think that we want to read the word, don't we? I think that a lot of us want to go into 2023 with a deeper commitment to God's word. We want to read it more. We want to read it better. We want our lives to be more shaped by it. And I believe that God will honor that desire. He will honor those desires if we discipline ourselves to get into the word regularly if not every day. Now listen, let me just kind of say, say a little side point here before we go further. When it comes to spiritual disciplines, prayer, Bible reading, things like that, if you're waiting for me or RC to give you that sermon that's gonna be the thing that just transforms your life, it's not gonna happen. If you're waiting for that book that you're gonna read that's gonna make you great at reading your Bible, that's not gonna happen. At the end of the day, all of this comes down to discipline. We actually have to discipline ourselves that might be setting an alarm at 6.30 a.m. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna be in the Word at 5 p.m., right, when I get home from work, I'm gonna do this. Whatever that looks like, it actually takes some discipline. But as we discipline ourselves, I believe the Holy Spirit will work through us and God's grace will help aid us and, and, and we will see fruit and results in our lives from doing that. But before we go further, I have to say, this is a discipline. There isn't gonna be a, a magic thing that, 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 that changes about you in one day. It's going to be a discipline that cultivates this in you and me over time. So if we discipline ourselves and we get into his word, I believe that God will honor our desire to be more transformed and shaped by it. So listen, open your Bibles, uh, turn, them, uh, uh, turn them to Psalm 1. This will be our main text for the day. Uh, kids in the room, uh, Our, uh, your moms and dads, when they come to church, we do this special thing every week and I want to invite you to do it too. And so when we read the Bible, uh, we like to remind ourselves how important the Bible is, right? The Bible is the most important book in the whole world, right? There's nothing more important that you can read than this book. And so what we do as adults in here every Sunday is when we read our Bible, we stand up. So everybody, let's stand up together. And then kids, listen, we also have this little responsive thing that we do. So when I finish reading our passage, I say, this is the word of the Lord. And that helps us remember that these are God's words, not my words. And then the congregation, that's all of you, you respond by saying, thanks be to God. Okay. Your parents have done it plenty of times so they can help you. So uh, let's read Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3. Brothers and sisters, life is found in the pages of this book. Life is found in the pages of this book. And so if we want to combat the excuses that we make, we need to have a very compelling why behind why we read our Bibles. We need to know why this is so important. Not just that I have to, not just that it's my duty as a Christian to do this, or I'm going to feel guilty if I don't do it, Why? Why should I read my Bible? Why did God give me the Word? So I want to answer that question three ways today. And the first why I want to give behind why we read our Bibles is this: We read our Bibles so we may grow in our dependence upon the Lord. We read our Bibles so that we may grow in our dependence upon the Lord. Verse three says that the person who meditates on God's word day and night is like a tree planted by streams of water. This is why we're calling this sermon, Planted in the word. We, we want to be planted in this word. Like, 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 like the, uh, the, the psalm says, it's like a tree planted by streams of water. We want to be planted in this, receiving nourishment from it. So we read our Bibles so that we may grow in our dependence upon the Lord like a tree is dependent upon that stream of water for it to flourish. Listen, all of us look to something for nourishment, we're all looking to something for nourishment. We may look to other people, experiences, substance, substances, entertainment. Humans are naturally empty creatures and we look to be filled with something. Well, God designed us to be filled with him to be filled up with him, to to find the answer for our deepest longings by turning to him. So we need his word because this is where we experience him. This is God's revelation of himself to us. This is where we go to meet him every day. Teenagers, you don't have to go to camp whatever to meet God. You don't have to go to a, a big tent revival meeting, mom and dad, to meet God, you open up the word and you meet him every time you open. This is a supernatural thing that happens to us when we read this book. This is where we hear him speak. These are the very words of the God who made you and everything else. These words bring life to us because they were written by the author of life. And the more that we enjoy it, the more that we love it, the more that we read it, the more our lives are shaped by it. The more we will come to understand how greatly we depend upon the one who gave it to us. So, why read our Bibles? We do it so that we may grow in our dependence upon the Lord, so that as He nourishes us, we can see, I need Him more and more and more and more. That's the first reason I want to give for why we read our Bibles. Second, we read our Bibles. We're going to commit to doing this more in the coming year because. Uh, We want our lives to be transformed. We read our Bible so that our lives may be transformed by it. The passage says that the one who meditates on God's word is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. The one who depends upon God's word, who reads it, interacts with it regularly will be transformed by it. Listen, the Bible wasn't just written for us to feel good, to make us feel good about ourselves. God gave us the Bible so that we may know him. Like I said, this is God's revelation of himself to us. He gave us the words so that we may know him. And kids, listen, especially kids who can read, even you you can interact with God's word so that you may know him. As soon as you start reading, as soon as your kids start reading, mom and dad, give them a Bible, give them a translation that they can understand and let them begin to develop this habit so that they may know him and their lives may be transformed by him too. Because in knowing God, the more we know him, the closer we get to him, the more our lives are transformed and shaped by him. And so reading our Bible's does this, it's essential for our transformation for a couple reasons. First, we can't become like a God we don't know, right? All of us have like a little image, a little picture of God in our heads. The problem is that that's mostly wrong. And we have to correct what we perceive God to be by looking at who God says he is in his word. I can't become like a God I don't know. So I read the Bible so that I may know who Jesus is, so that I may know who, who God is and what he's like, so that I may emulate him. Second, reading the Bible is crucial to transforming our lives because our actions flow out from what we put into ourselves. Whatever we ingest, whatever we take in, our actions flow out of that. Remember what the Lord tells us? It is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Whatever goes into a man will come out of him. So what do we want to do as the people of God? We want to put God's word deep within us. When the the writer of the psalm says that the righteous man meditates on God's law daily, he's saying that this person, this this righteous man is someone who constantly seeks to be filled by God's word, constantly seeks to be filled with God's word. And as they are filled with God's word, good fruit comes out, righteous living comes out. Uh, I, I do wanna do this little illustration for the kids in the room, so... Um, this might be a disaster, but let's see how this goes. So, uh, kiddos, what is this? Apple juice. juice. I got this from McDonald's last night because my kids love eating it. I want you to imagine I did curbside pickup. I want you to imagine how creepy I looked as a single guy in the curbside of McDonald's ordering a single juice box on New Year's Eve. The lady was like, here's your juice box. I was like, thanks. (laughs) My kids love these. I don't love them. Why? Because moms and dads are going to know. So kiddos, whenever you have, we're, we're going to put this. So whenever you have one of these, you take it out. Take the little straw out here. We're just going to put this over here. Okay, so what do you do, right? Maybe you have these with your lunch or you get them in the cafeteria or you, you get them at McDonald's too. So you put it in here, right? So I have my little, what'd you say? What? What? Oh, it's too late now. I'll have to follow up with you about that. So my kids, my kids will take these and I'll, so I'll put them down on the table. We'll just have ordered them like a cheeseburger or something like that. And so what do they do? Every single time that they grab it, they squeeze it, right? So they squeeze it immediately. And where does, where does the, the juice go? All over them, all over my table, all over my floor. And you can't just wipe this up with a paper towel. I gotta mop it now, right? But kids, listen, if I squeeze this, what's coming out of this? Juice would chocolate milk come out of this? No. Would Coke come out of this? Would water come out of this? I hope not. Apple juice comes out of it. Why? Because it's filled with apple juice, right? Because it's filled with apple juice. So you can see that whatever whatever is something is filled with, that's going to be what comes out of it. So Sometimes in our lives, we can feel squeezed by things. You know, kids, when you grow up, maybe you feel angry. Maybe someone's gonna make you angry or somebody's gonna hurt you or it's gonna make you afraid and you're gonna feel squeezed. But when that happens, what's gonna come out of you? Well, whatever's gonna come out of you is gonna be whatever you fill yourself with. So if we fill ourselves with lots of worldly things, if I fill myself with things that... that, that, that Uh, Do not reflect God's character with lots of angry things, nasty words, all these sorts of things. That's gonna be what comes out of me when I feel squeezed. But if I fill myself with God's word, if I read God's word, I listen to my teachers in Sunday school, I listen to my parents when they read the Bible, to me, I fill myself with God's word. When I feel squeezed by life, what's gonna come out of me? Love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the spirit, the things of the Lord, because that's what I filled myself with, right? Moms and dads, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. So our lives are transformed by scripture because in scripture, we see who God is and seeing who God is, we fill ourselves with who he is. We fill ourselves with, with, with his word so that when we're squeezed, his word pours out of us. We're transformed by it. So we read our Bibles first, so that we may grow in our dependence upon the Lord. Second, so that our lives may be transformed by it. And third, we read our Bibles so that we may know the truth. Look again at verse two, it says this, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. So who's, answer me this, whose law does the person meditate on? The Lord's law, God's law. These are God's words. And if there's anything we can be sure of when God speaks, it's that he speaks the truth. Whatever God says is true, every word of his word is true. This is the truest thing that there is. This this book is so true that it gives us the category of truth. We can know truth exists because we have this book. This is the truest thing out there. And if there's anything that we need in our present day, with all the chaos and confusion and silliness and, and, and craziness out there, we need a source of truth that transcends ideologies, transcends Facebook transcends different cultural movements, transcends different presidential administrations. We need something that transcends time itself. And that truth is found when we open the word of God. Listen to Proverbs 30, verse five. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge to him. Every word of God proves true. And this is a truth that our friends, our neighbors, our nation, the nations need. It's a truth that we have and it's a truth that we were made to share with other people. So we read God's word so that we may grow in our dependence upon the Lord so that our lives may be transformed by it and so that we may see and know truth through it. You know, a lot of times we can be very casual in our relationship to the Bible, Bible reading, those sorts of things. We can be very casual with it. Uh, If we're honest with ourselves, we might pick up our Bible sometimes from time to time, but our devotion to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram can feel much stronger than our relation, than our uh, devotion commitment to God's word. And look, I'm right there with you. As I was writing this sermon, I began to ask myself, Jordan, how many mornings do you wake up and the first thing you do after you turn off your alarm on your phone is open Facebook, open Twitter? There's nothing, I'm, there's nothing for me on there. I don't think I'm going to find anything interesting. It's just, I guess what I do. And I feel comfortable sharing that because I'm sure that many of us do the exact same thing. So I have to ask myself, is this good for me to do? Is this healthy for me to do to begin my day with this? Before I start anything else, before I look at anything else, I'm gonna look at Twitter. That dumpster fire is how I'm gonna start my day. And listen, when I talk about this, I'm not talking about time necessarily. There's plenty of things that we're gonna do in a day that's gonna take more time than God's word. I'm not saying, if you watch a football game, okay, that was four hours, so you better spend four hours and one minute in God's word so that you you know that, man, you're given the most time to God's word. That's not what we're saying. What I'm talking about here is order of priority in my life. What matters to me most? I might spend 25 minutes in scripture, but does that time take precedent and priority over other things? If the game is on, if my friends invite me out, but I've not spent any time with the Lord, Do I say, hey, listen, I have some some important business with the Lord that I need to do first. Before I start my day, before I do anything else, I'm gonna take 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and I'm gonna spend some time with the Lord. I'm, I'm gonna spend lots of time doing things longer than that, but this is my priority. This is the thing that matters to me the most. But sometimes we can be very casual with this, and we can let other things creep up and take priority. But let's ask ourselves, what would our lives look like? How would our lives look different in 2023 if we took this discipline seriously, if, if say you woke up 30 minutes earlier, just 30 minutes earlier to spend some time with the Lord and his word, before anything else happens, before you do anything else, meet anybody else, hear anything else, see anything else, you spend time drinking deeply from the fountain of God's word. How would our relation or how would our battles with sin change if we did this? How would our battle against temptation and sin change if we were committed to being in God's word every day? How would our love for our family and friends change if we were committed to being in God's word each day? How much more equipped would we feel to share the gospel if we were filling ourselves with the truth of God's word? How much more intimacy would we enjoy with Jesus Christ if we went and we met with him every day before anything else in his word. I love the pattern that the psalmist gives here. He meditates on it day and night. You almost have this morning and evening. The first thing I do and the last thing I do, the first word and the last word of my day is going to come from God's word. How would our lives look different if we did this? And if we understood that this isn't meant to be a burden, this is meant to be a blessing to us, this isn't a chore, this isn't something that you have to mark off your checklist, this is something that we are blessed to do something. You don't have to read your Bible. You get to read your Bible, right? God didn't have to reveal anything about himself to us. You understand that? God chose out of his love and grace to reveal himself to us and then give it to us in the word. What a blessing. This discipline is good for our souls and helps us grow in our dependence upon the Lord. It transforms our hearts and it fills our minds with truth so that we may look, sound like, act like the Lord Jesus, the same Lord that we want to give to the world, the same Lord that we want other people to come and worship with us. Most of all, this book is how we hear God speak. This is how we hear God speak. And more than anything else, we need God's voice in our lives, don't we? Well, listen, we want to not only uh, encourage you to do this, we want to help equip you to do this. So, real quick, as I close, um, you'll find out there this uh, nifty sheet here you can put in your Bible. That's my finger. Um, and uh, this is a one-year Bible reading plan, and maybe you did the foundation's New Testament plan with us last year. Well, this is going to be time in the Old and the New Testament. be a great thing for you to do with your D group, with your life group, or with your family, or just individually. Um, if, uh, if, if you want a, a, a plan that goes faster or slower than this, LifePoint actually has a few different plans that, that we're going to recommend. You can go to lifepointchurch.org slash Bible, And you can find lots of plans there. Like one of my favorite Bible reading plans is the McShane, the Robert Murray McShane Bible reading plan. It's on our website. And in that plan, in the whole year, you read the Old Testament once, New Testament twice, and Psalms twice. Right? You read about four chapters a day. It's great. I love that plan. I highly recommend it. Uh, But my wife and I have actually been talking about going a little slower this year. Maybe taking a two-year Bible reading plan and just reading less scripture a day, but really meditating on it. So whatever you want to do, we wanna give you plenty of options to do, but this is gonna be the sort of official one that we have and and that we want want to encourage you to do. And so make sure you pick one of these up out there. And uh, how about this? Um, This is a discipline, but it's a discipline we do by the grace of God and that we're equipped to do by the power of God. So as we close and as we get ready to go back into worship, let's pray and let's ask the Lord's help to do this in this coming year. How about that? Father God, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the way your word transforms our lives. And thank you for the way your word nourishes us, feeds us, quenches our deepest thirst. Lord, I pray that in this coming year, we as your people would honor the gift you've given us by disciplining ourselves to be in the word every day, that you would give, Holy Spirit, I ask that right now in the minds and hearts of of all of us, you would give us some specific conviction about when, where, what time, all these things that we need to do to make this happen. That might be getting up early, it might be staying up later, it might be redeeming our commute by listening to scripture. Whatever it is, I pray that you would fill our minds with that right now and then give us the grace to discipline ourselves to do this, Lord. And we trust that as we go to your word, the promises of your word will be true. Namely, that every word of yours has purpose and it will never return to you empty. That your word will do something in our hearts. So Lord, thank you for the word. Help us to be in it, to read it, to be transformed by it in this coming year. And we say all these things by the grace and in the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. Let's stand together and continue worshiping.